Hello, hello, Gorge. How are you doing this fine afternoon? Darling, I'm fucking fantastic. How are you? What are you up to? I'm great. If I sound a little hoarse, my voice sounds a little wonky. It's because I scream sang to Lizzo last night, all night. I saw Lizzo. It was fucking amazing. She's amazing. I'm obsessed. Yes. How could you not be? I mean, my God, if you ever get the opportunity to see Lizzo jump on that bitty right meow. Oh my God. So good. I really would like to see that. I should make plans for that. I feel like I probably missed this round in New York, but... I mean, she is playing again tonight. (laughs) All right. I'm not that ambitious, Monique. Settle down. (laughs) (laughs) I got to see Come From Away, finally, one of the... uh, Because it closed this weekend. So it uh, played for five years, and I finally got to see it, and it was really, really lovely. If anyone is interested in seeing it, I believe uh, they recorded it for Apple TV. Oh, nice. And I didn't know what to expect uh, because so it's a musical, and it's about how on 9-11, 38 planes and 7,000 passengers were rerouted to Gander, Newfoundland in Canada. And basically, it was a town of like 9,000 people, and their population like doubled for like a week because they had to house all these people from all over the world who like their planes were diverted on 9-11. Fascinating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, stories of like a lot of like those actual people. And it was, it's just so lovely and heartwarming. And it's basically a musical about how Canadians are just much better than everyone else as human beings. (laughs) They're so nice. They're so goddamn nice. (laughs) (laughs) They're so nice. I definitely cried at the end because I'm a sap. Uh, It was very lovely and, and it was very funny, very heartwarming. It's only like, it's just over an hour. So I really highly recommend it. If you haven't seen it, you can see it on on Apple TV. But it was really lovely. I'm really glad I got to see it. I waited a very long time because my very good friend, Holly, is a swing on the show. Oh. And she kept getting called back in to like save the day and, and, you know, cover for someone. But every time she would be doing the show, I was working. So I was hoping to like have it coincide that she would be in the show, but it didn't work out but I am very glad that I got to see it. That's awesome. It's it's really, really wonderful. Yeah, it's really great. Good. And you had like a lot of anticipation for getting to see it, which I feel like makes it more satisfying. Yeah, and it's a thing like it started out because I, I knew the subject matter, but I didn't know any of the music and like the first couple songs, you're like, mm, okay, what's happening here? Because it like takes you like a little bit to like get into it. And then you're like, oh, okay, this is like wonderful and hilarious. And I love everything about this. Yeah, it was really, 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 really lovely. But the very wildly exciting thing that is happening to me tomorrow is that I am finally, for the first time in my life, going to Sleepy Hollow, and I cannot handle it for one single solitary moment. Oh, my God. You lucky bitch, you. I'm so jealous right now. I love you. I only want the best for you. Have the best time, but I'm so jealous. (laughs) I get it. Yeah. Send me pictures. Give me the play-by-play. Please and thank you. So one of my beer reps at the bar, Katie, hey girl, because she's a big fan of the podcast. Hey girl. We've become very, very friendly and very good friends. And she came in a few weeks ago. She's just like, I'm just coming to say hi. I haven't seen you in a bit. I was like, hey girl. We like chatted for a little bit. And she kind of like offhandedly mentioned that her roommate and her were going to go to Sleepy Hollow for her roommate's birthday. And then she was kind of like, 
I don't even remember how the fuck this happened. Like she kind of like casually was like, oh, do you want to come? And I was like, do not fuck with me right now because I am so about that life. Right. And then she was like, oh, like, let me like check in real quick to see if that's cool. And then it was. And now I'm going to sleep at Halloween tomorrow. And I cannot handle my life about it for one single solitary moment. I'm so excited. Fuck. Yes. Ah. Uh. It's going to be so spooky and you're going in spooky season. So it's literal perfection. I know. I actually can't handle it. I'm going to be there with you in spirit. Yes. And I can't wait to hear everything. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Ah, so jealous. Uh, Because like a lot of things happen on the weekends and like the weekends are basically like booked like a fucking year in advance. Super busy for us. Yeah. Right. And for us, especially, it's very busy. But enough of my shit. What about you? What have you been up to? I've been working a lot this week. Yes. However, in my free time, because fortunately it was a listener episode week, so I did not have to do research for a story. Did I regress to my teenage self and download The Sims 4 and then proceed to basically only spend like four hours sleeping a night so that I could stay up till like four in the morning playing it? (laughs) Yeah, I fucking did. Monique. Oh, I'm obsessed with you. <laughs> I know. Like, I, <laughs> I'm laughing at myself. I'm like calling it therapy. I'm having like Sims therapy right now. But yeah, it is like crack. I can't stop. Like, seriously, I lose. It's like I get fucking abducted by aliens and I seriously lose like five hours of time. <laughs> I'll sit down and I'm like, okay, I'm going to play for like 30 minutes, an hour. And then I'll look down and it's four in the morning and five hours have gone by. And I'm like, what just happened? Is this the one where they can bang? Oh, yeah. I mean, they go under the covers and you don't see anything. Although, so I am from the Sims 1 generation, which was very retro. So they didn't age. You could have kids, but like you stayed young forever. And I feel like okay, the baby, remember the baby grew up? I guess the baby did grow up. But yeah, once you reached adulthood, you were just an adult. An adult until, unless you had an accident and died or something. Mm-hmm. Like one time I lit a firework off my balcony in my house and it landed on the sim that was in the yard coincidentally (laughs) yes that's so funny yes and then i begged the grim reaper for their life and they came back as a zombie and then they continued to fuck my shit up and i hated them and then i tried to kill them again by doing the same thing and it would never land on them again i didn't know any of these things were options in the sims oh my god it maybe would have made me like it more i just fucking hated it i hated the sims i hated how they would put their There were like plates on the floor. I was like, what is this? I can't do this. (laughs) You're a mess. Put it in the goddamn sink. Yes. What the fuck? (laughs) So in Sims 2, they started aging, which I don't really care for personally. I get the like the appeal in that you can like continue on with your generations and like raise your Sims kids like to the point that you have like this whole long generational thing. Mm -hmm. Except all my Sims die really quickly. So like I can blow through a Sims life in a day. And then I- Oh my God. I, I guess, apparently put my own beliefs on them because I don't ever like make them have kids. I don't really like want them to have kids. So then they just die. And then I just like have nothing. I like lost my whole house and all of my savings the other day because I fucking- (laughs) Oh my God. Didn't procreate. It was bullshit. So I found out how to turn aging off and I have to do that to play, I think, because I'm an animal. You're hilarious. (laughs) The game is very funny. I made Johnny and I for my first 
playthrough because I was like, this will be funny. So we were Shmamey and Shmani. Okay. And Johnny died pretty quickly. I felt real bad, but apparently my girl hated her job so much that Johnny got too sad and wouldn't do anything I told him to do. So he literally played on his phone until he died of starvation. That's how he, yeah. And then his ghost haunted me. So there are ghosts in The Sims, which was pretty awesome. And there are ghost dogs, Monique, because I bought the pet (laughs) expansion pack. You know I did. (laughs) I cannot handle this story for a single fucking second. I told you. I I can't handle this for a single second. I have regressed to my full teenage self. Like right now, this is how I used to talk to my mom, where I'm just like full on rambling about a video game or anime or something. And she's just like nodding and being like, you are so silly. I can't handle you for one second. I love all of this. Please ramble to me about The Sims. (laughs) Whenever you want. Thank you. That's probably enough rambling about The Sims for one day. But yeah, I'm in a a black hole that I cannot pull myself out of. And it is... (laughs) I literally can't start because like I told you, I'm like abducted by aliens and I literally have like missing time of just like five hours. I can't. Monique, I have a problem. I don't know if there's like Sims Anonymous, but I clearly need to fucking go. (laughs) I'm obsessed with you. This is hysterical. (laughs) Thank you. If there's a Sims related... uh, I was going to say true crime story. You know it's going to come up next week. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Uh, So yes, I watched very little TV. I just played The Sims. So that was my excitement for the week. I mean, that sounds great. Thank you. It was no Lizzo, but uh, I enjoyed myself. Yeah. I was watching something. The fuck was I watching? Oh, Handmaid's Tale. I'm catching up on it. Oh. Yeah. I stopped it and I haven't gotten back in. I've heard it's really good. Yeah. But it just like, it was too real, too close to home. I felt like weirdly. It is. It's real, real. June is just, is just on like cuckoo kachoo. She's just fucking nuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck. All right. She's like just out, out for blood. She's just like revenge. It's a revenge party. And everyone's invited. Oh shit. She's yeah. She's like lost her shit. <gasps> yeah. Okay. And it's not the best look for like everyone around her. Like the people who love her are like, girl, are you okay? She's like, no, nah, I'm not. I'm really not. It's a, it's there. Yeah. There's a lot happening. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. I have so many shows to catch up on. Fuck. I've basically just been watching House of the Dragon, uh, which I keep fucking up the name of, which is getting good. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, kind of kind of into it still super incestuous but that's just going to be the whole show i've accepted it now yeah that's just the nature of the beast yes and then she hulk i know i like kind of mentioned every week it's so fucking funny and good and it's like a lot of marvel shows have kind of like trailed off they have like a really good start and then i'm kind of like lose interest in the rest of the season like every episode i'm like willing to rewatch because it was fucking hysterical and she's just so adorable and charming the main girl so i know you're not a big marvel fan but again it's a lawyer show. Yeah, let me, I gotta, I gotta check that out. Also, because it's fucking October, I normally try to do like a horror movie a day, but that's just not really possible <laughs> these days. That's so ambitious. Yeah. Oh, wait, I forgot to tell you what I fucking watched. I watched Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. <gasps> and? And I fucking loved it. Christina Applegate, so charming. Ah, so wonderful. I can't believe I'd never seen it. I'm so glad you watched it. It was really lovely. And that guy was really scummy and gross. And you're right. And I hated every moment of him. Yeah. 
again, of all of the insane things that are propositioned that we're just supposed to like accept in this movie, that he gave Rose a 48-hour orgasm is the most unbelievable thing of all of the insane things that are posited in this movie. Yes. And ew. Again. Ew. Ew. Yes. Totally. Ugh. Yes. Okay. So now that you're on your scary movie a day, that one wasn't really scary, but you have to give me some more recommendations because that one was fantastic. Girl, yeah. I mean, it's not scary, but uh, obviously, um, uh, so I married an axe murderer. It's wonderful. It's so great. But I, I really just want to, usually in October, well, like I kind of do this every every few months. I rewatch the Haunting of Hill House series because it's just a work of art. <gasps> it's so good. I love it. It's so good. And Midnight Mass is I started rewatching it and then I like time got away from me. So I would love to do another rewatch of that because it's just also a work of art. I mean, I, and I got to throw Poltergeist in there, girl. Yeah, I could always rewatch that. It's so good. I would be down to rewatch Midnight Mass. Did you ever finish it? <laughs> okay. Glad you asked. I, say, <laughs> I don't know if I told you. So yes, but also no. Uh-huh. Okay. Started the season, watched most of it, stopped. Yes. Johnny threw it on as like a background falling asleep thing. Oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. Not for that series. Correct. That's what Survivor's for. You can't do that for Midnight Mass. Yes. Survivor's too bright. We need to like, I have like a dark (laughs) series to fall asleep to. So it keeps like the room very dim. So he threw it on, but it was all episodes I'd seen already. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. That's fine. Woke up the next morning to the last few minutes of the finale. Fuck! So I watched the finale and I know what happens, but I believe I actually missed like the one or two episodes right before it. Yeah, those are kind of a huge deal. So I need to rewatch it. Yes, you do. Because I know how it ends and the ending was amazing, but I definitely missed a huge chunk of the middle there. (laughs) The crucial part of the story. Yes, the crucial part of the story you missed. Yes. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) Not nailing it. I blame Johnny. Obviously. God damn it, Johnny. <laughs> that is not a movie. That's not a background movie at all. No, no. Or series, rather. No, no, no. I'm going to rewatch it. I'm going to give it the attention that it deserves. Yes. Oh, it's so good. I love it. So this is another fucking horror podcast, by the way. I'm Monique Sanchez. And I'm Amy Traden. And guys, it is True Listener Tales O'Clock. And it's in fucking October. Yes also known as the best month of the year, BT Dubs. Correct. Yeah. So this was around 2013. I just graduated from college and was living with my parents again in a house where weird things were always happening. It was 3 a.m. Oof, already red flag. Oh, yeah. And I was working as a freelance video editor, editing a lo-fi, very, very bad (laughs) music video. For a local artist on my desk in my bedroom. My back was to the bed behind me. My dog Kovu, a pit bull lab mix, was lying next to me on the floor, fast asleep. After hours of watching the music video over and over again and listening to the same song on repeat for days, I decided to mute the edit as I worked on some effects, my headphones still on. And then I heard a click click. The lamp next to my bed, which had one of those twist switches across the room, turned off then on again. Kovu sat up. He was staring directly above the lamp, his eyes fixed. 
But since I had my headphones on, I thought I had imagined what just happened. Maybe the delirium of being awake that late and working on the same thing was making my head spin. I turned and continued to work, headphones off. Click, 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 click. Off, on, off, on, twice. Ooh, I just gave myself chills. No, no, yeah, Mm -mm. same. The dog was growling now. (gasps) The hair on the back of his neck stood up and his gaze hadn't moved since the click started. I stared in the direction of the lamp. A chill ran down my spine and the room became cold. I was frozen. I slowly turned and looked at my laptop. Kovu was still growling and slowly got up. Click, 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 click. Off, on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off, on. Kovu started barking. The light was flicking off and on repeatedly. So I picked him up and ran out of my sister's room and slept on the floor. The next day, I moved all of my stuff out into the spare room. James. Um, yes. You a danger girl. What the fuck? Moving the room, yes. Just move houses. That would be preferable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he's living with his parents, he probably uh, can't go somewhere else. Do that. That's very true. That's horrifying. That is horrifying. Trust the dog. The dog knows what the fuck is up. Exactly. Always trust the dog. (sighs) Tip for life. Yes. Thank you for that. Holy fuck. Yeah. Thank you, James. Fuck. So I'm four, maybe five, sleeping in a big boy bed in a room I share with my younger brother who's fast asleep. Though I barely move at all now, my girlfriend refers to my preferred sleeping position as the bouncer. Flat on back, arms crossed, no movement. <laughs> love <so> this. <laughs> I love this. And I've never seen anyone sleep this way. That's amazing. No, that's hilarious. Fantastic. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I tended to thrash a lot back then and wake up often as a result. And so one night, I found myself half-covered in blankets, awake, and staring at a young woman dressed in flowy white clothing. She is sitting on the ground, back against the very large wooden toy box at the foot of my bed, Mm-mm. reading a book. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yes. Mm-mm. No. The memory always feels a little fuzzy, and to be honest, at this point, my mom tells me that it's better than it is. But I saw her and slowly pulled the sheets to my eyes, scared as fuck. I'd pull them back down and she'd still be there and I'd pull them back up. Mm -mm. I don't know how long this went on. An hour, Mm -mm. 30 seconds. Somehow I fell back asleep, woke up the next morning and told my mom what I'd seen. I don't know if she believes in ghosts, but she doesn't not believe in ghosts. Okay. And she listened and cared, which finally, everyone's always fucking gaslighting. Yeah, thank you. Yes, gaslighting fucking kids for this shit. And then... Weeks later, my mom was digging through the attic for something, and she stumbled on a picture painting thing, you know, like they did back in the 80s, tchotchke art. It was a woman in white wrapped in clouds of fabric. We'd owned the house for a couple years at that point, so who knows where it came from. But my mom liked it and hung it up in the bathroom, so I got to relive my ghost story every time I took a leak. (laughs) And that's from John. Oh, my God. Which I fucking love. Oh, my God. The trauma, though. Like, I'm just trying to take a pee, and now I have to see the fucking ghost lady I saw as a kid, like, looming over me. Thanks. Thanks, Mom. No, I don't like anything about that. (laughs) No, thank you. I don't want to see the the person who, the entity that was terrorizing my sleep, like, every time I go to the bathroom. No. No, thank you. Thank you. Mm -mm. (laughs) 
I'm just trying to relax. It's called the restroom for a reason. Like I'm trying to rest. I'm not trying to be terrified. Yes. No, thank you. Thank you for that story, John. I wanted to tell you a ghost story. I live in Rhode Island and Fall River, Massachusetts is less than 40 minutes away. For those of you who don't know, Fall River is the town that was made famous by the Lizzie Borden murders. You know, Lizzie Borden took an ax. She may or may not have killed her father and stepmother. It was never fully determined. So the house that she may slash may not have done the deed was open for tours and ghost hunts and also happened to be a bed and breakfast. My dad and I decided, why not? Let's spend the night and see what happens. No, 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 no. Why not? So many reasons. Why not? Yeah, girl. My good friend Holly, who who was in Come From Away, uh, who I was mentioning earlier, she her mom is a huge stay at ghost haunty places. I feel like we've talked about this before. Yes, yes. Yeah, and she absolutely stayed at the Lizzie Borden house with her mom. <gasps> and I'll tell you the creepy thing that happened to her after the story. Okay. The first time we stayed there, the first time, girl, what the fuck? <laughs> How many times do you stay at this fucking house? We go every year. It's amazing. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my God. It's like our family vacation. Oh my God. Okay. The first time we stayed there, we got a great tour and didn't really pick up on anything except a super heaviness in Andrew Borden's room. I slept in Lizzie's room and my dad slept in Emma's, but it was cool to do. So two months later, we did it again. This time we were joined by a couple who were happy to ghost hunt with us, seeing as we had all sorts of nifty equipment. That night, We were all in Andrew Borden's room. I was on the bed, dad in the chair in front of me, and the couple on the bench to the side. We were doing a blind spirit box session. One person listens to the spirit box and calls out the words they hear, as the other person asks questions. Headphones are involved, so the person listening to the spirit box only hears the words coming out and is not influenced by the questions. I started with the spirit box. The name Abby came out repeatedly, which is the name of Lizzie's stepmother. Then it happened. Something threw itself onto the bed next to me. Kind of like when you just toss yourself on your bed when you're tired. I paused, didn't open my eyes, and asked if someone was on the bed. I opened them. No one had moved. No one was near enough to the bed to do that and get back up in that amount of time. The next morning, one of the tour guides told me, Andrew likes women, and it wasn't the first time someone felt that. Ew, old man ghost. Ew, is right. Ah! That's kind of hysterical, though. It's like really creepy, but it's also, yeah. (laughs) He's like a perv even in the afterlife. Ew. Yeah. (laughs) Dad and I switched, and I asked if anyone was there. I got the name George. This is my dad's name and his dad's name. His dad was a spirit medium. Holy shit. What is your family, girl? Holy fuck. This is amazing. Right? Very cool. I'm very here for this. His dad was a spirit medium and had once told my dad that he'd visit him after he passed if my dad would like. Dad was like, nah. (laughs) Dad was like, nah, I'm cool. (laughs) I'm obsessed with this story. Oh, my God. I said, that's my dad's name and my grandfather's. And I got a high. So I said, you are his father? That's right. There was a squeak from the couple as they were watching our SLS camera, and it picked up a figure sitting, in all caps, at the end of the bed, facing my dad. No. (gasps) Sorry this was so long. Love your podcast, Tiffany. 
Tiffany, girl. You could have made that twice as long and we would not have been upset about it in any way, shape, or form. If you make this into like a fucking epic novel a la The Odyssey. Right? Or write a memoir. I'm here for it. I'll buy it. I'm here for all of this. Your life sounds fascinating. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Tiffany. Holy shit. Every line was more wonderful than the last and crazier than the last. It was wonderful. I know. Thank you for the story. I was not expecting (laughs) any of that. That was so great. No, me neither. (laughs) So Holly's story. So her mother is a big, um, she's into all this kind of stuff. And they always go like on vacation to like stay in a haunted place. Holly's mother is not my mother at all. So they went to the Lizzie Borden house. And apparently Holly's mother likes kind of like playing tricks and pranks and stuff. Okay. And they were staying in one of the rooms and there was a Ouija board in the room. So they're like, fuck it. Like, let's just play with the Ouija board and the fucking board and house. So they're playing it and they're like asking questions. And it was something like Holly heard something behind it. Like she had turned her back away from the Ouija board and she like had her fingers on the planchette. And then it like the planchette like bolted forward. Oh my God. And she thought it was her mother like playing a prank. And she looked back at her. You're like, haha, don't do that. And her mother's hands weren't even on the planchette. (gasps) And she was like, oh shit. Okay. I see. I see what's happening here. We need to close this game right the fuck down. We're not even starting this. Yeah. Correct. So that's some shit. But thank you so much for that story, Tiffany. Obsessed. Yeah. Thank you so much. That was amazing. I still can't get over it. No, not at all. All right. I'm from Perrin, Texas, and a lot of crazy stuff has happened here. A man my dad had previously worked with who had been introduced to and creeped out by had already murdered at least one sex worker and dumped her in a ditch. He wasn't caught for around 10 to 15 years. Holy shit. Holy shit. You're already starting this with a bang and I can tell there's like fucking three other things here. So holy fuck. Yeah. A girl I knew as a teenager hid her pregnancy, gave birth in her bathroom, smothered her baby, and had it hidden in the trunk of her car wrapped in shopping bags to go bury it when she was caught. What the fuck? Ah! Those stories kill me. (sighs) I know. I know. Like, there's so many other things that don't have to be that. Yes. Don't do that. Hot take. (laughs) Controversial. I know, Monique. Thank you. (laughs) For segment. A family friend's adult son was held down by a police officer's knee on his neck until he died, very similar to George Floyd, many years ago. His parents were in the room being held back. Holy fuck, that gave me chills. After the cop finally got up and called for medics, his mother, a nurse, begged to do CPR, and the officer told her if she took one step forward, she'd be next. Oh my God. Yep. No, he didn't lose his job. I'm not anti-police, but our small town police department is corrupt as fuck. <sighs> that one was real rough. Holy shit. I know. We got one more in this in this uh, list of horrifying things. Oh my God. Had- it just keeps going. Holy fuck. Perrin, Texas. What the fuck? Get it the fuck together, guys. <sighs> a girl driving home alone from a rural 4th of July party late one night vanished without a trace after calling her mom to say she was on the way. Her car was found on a dead-end street with the doors wide open the next day. People speculated she'd faked it and ran away with the guy. A couple years later, they found her remains in the woods. Never been solved. I don't drive alone at night because of her. And that's from G. Holy shit. That was like all the stories in one. Holy fuck. That was so many stories. (sighs) Thank you. You in danger, G. Yeah. You gotta get out of Paris, Texas. What the fuck is happening there? I know. I was like, everywhere's crazy and has their own crazy stories, though. I know that. (sighs) 
Is there a town somewhere that just like has no no crime? That's not like a weird Stepford situation. It's just somewhere there's it like- was allegedly um Celebration, Florida. But then that's stopped being the case. Oh, okay. No, but then you have to live in fucking Celebration, Florida, Monique. No. Exactly. Correct. Correct. Pass. Yeah. There's like a whole, there was like a 20 page article or something about like the dark side of like celebration because it was supposed to be like Disney run town. Disney subdivision. Yeah. Yeah. But then, yeah, there was like a murder. I mean, it was like in in 10 years, it was like one murder or some shit, but, but apparently like. I feel like we used to drive through to look at the Christmas lights there. Mm, mm -hmm. And I feel like I never, I never saw anybody like living there. I always just assumed like Disney decorated all these empty houses. Well, I'm pretty sure like there was a very strict, like the colors, how the the house could look, how you could decorate the house because it was Disney. That makes sense. Which fuck that. Fuck that. My house, I should be able to do whatever the fuck I want with it. Yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And thank you, G, for all those fucking crazy stories. That was bananas. Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. So this story is from our good friend and friend of the podcast, Donna. Hey, girl. Donna. Yeah. Just a little insider info. Uh, Donna is a voice teacher. So that's just uh, important to know for the story. A dear friend of mine was living in LA. I didn't know her then. And a psychic told her when she moved to New York, she would meet a voice teacher with whom she would have a strong connection. She was literally the first student I had assigned to me when I started working at the musical theater school and we connected immediately. We're still friends 27 years later. However, that's not the story. That's just the setup. My friend is herself a psychic and a gifted tarot reader. She now lives in Switzerland and has lived there for quite some time. About a year or so after my dear husband died, she was staying with me in New York and asked to have a voice lesson. While giving her the lesson, we started talking about my late husband, who my friend knew well. The phone rang, and as I went to answer it, I noticed the number was 000 000 Chills. Uh-huh. I said hello, and there was nothing on the other end. <gasps> oh my God, I got so many chills. I know. I hung up, confused, and my friend said that it was my late husband. <gasps> she said she knew it was him the minute the phone rang. Of course, she was right. I got full body chills. Donna. Donna, I got full body chills like 17 times in that story. Yes. That's so crazy, but I love that so much. I do too. Also, Donna says nothing ever happens to her. Donna. Exactly, Donna. Shut the fuck up. There you go. (laughs) I love you, but things are happening to you. Yes. And like your Cornelius called you like that's her husband's name. Literally. Also, that's love right there. He was like, death is not going to stop me Yeah, from calling you and telling you I love you. I know. I love that. And there you go. Because in, in my my haunted phone numbers, the 000 was said to be like that the dead would call you. So clearly, that's true. I know. I almost brought that up. But then I was thinking it was cursed phone numbers. I was like, but that's not cursed. That's so nice. But haunted phone numbers. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I think I said I call it was cursed phone numbers. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I called in the episode. I don't know. <laughs> Who remembers? I don't. Donna, thank you so much for that story. I love that story. Yes. Thank you. It's so sweet. It like warms the cockles of my heart. Yep. So my dad came to me after he died. He had been a struggling artist all of his adult life. After he and my mom divorced, he lived alone in a rundown house for about 20 years until he died unexpectedly from a heart attack in his bathroom. 
He was found the following Monday when his coworkers called me because he hadn't shown up for work. My father had become quite a hoarder during those years. Oh, no. Mm. And cleaning out his house after he died was a massive undertaking. <sighs> Yikes. Yeah. I have some hoarders in my family, too, so that's a little... Oof. That's very real. Yeah. One afternoon, a few weeks after he had passed, I was all alone in his house going through his things and cleaning up. I walked out to the enclosed front porch where we had been putting out contractor bags full of trash to be hauled away. There must have been 30 bags out there. I just stood out there looking around all the bags when something just came over me. That's the only way I know how to describe it. I walked to one particular bag in the midst of all the others and opened it up. Right there on the top was one of my father's original watercolors he had painted many years before. Someone had accidentally put it in the trash, and I knew that it was him telling me to find it before it was lost forever. I had no reason to go open that one bag, but I just did. His art was his life's passion, and for one of his pieces to get thrown away would have broken his heart and mine. Aw! And that's from Anonymous. I love that. I love that, too. That gave me, like, nice, sweet chills. Yeah, like warm like warm, warm chills. Yeah. I was yeah. like, that's oxymoronic, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love that. That's so sweet. So sweet. Two sweet ones back to back. I love it. I don't think this one's going to be sweet though. Uh, Cause this yeah. is the, <laughs> this is, this is the first line. Our family had a very bad experience with previous tenants who admitted to Ouija board use in the house before we moved in. Yikes. Right out the gate. Oh no. First off, I'm going to throw a caveat out. This story is true. I haven't embellished it, which makes it even more creepy. And everyone in my family who visited us while living in this house backs it up. Sorry, the story's a bit long, but a lot went on. (laughs) Okay. Hope you packed a lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I'm obsessed. I'm loving the humor, guys. It all goes back to about 1982 to 1985. I was but a three to five-year-old. I have a sister who is one year younger, and my parents had just moved into a house in Brisbane. My dad was a journalist, now passed away, and my mother is a midwife, who at this stage had taken some time off to be at home with us. The house itself was a single story at the front, and it went into a double story at the back. The front of the house had a living room and my room, while the back of the house was joined by a carpeted landing with stairs that went up to the master bedroom on the left, a nursery straight ahead, and a bathroom to the right. At the bottom of the stairs was a side door leading onto an entertainment barbecue area with the backyard out the back. If you turned right at the base of the stairs and not went out the side door to the concrete entertainment area, you passed under an arch frame that led into a large L-shaped concrete rumpus room under the house. Inside the L-shaped rumpus room and under the stairs above was a dark tiled laundry. At the back of the rumpus room was another back door leading directly out to the backyard. Got me so far? Good. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) No, I'm so lost. (laughs) Girl, same. Sorry for the architectural (laughs) intro. I'm into it. I love the details. It tells me you're like focused. You're very like logical, methodical person. I'm into this. Yes. That's a lot. I'm definitely going to have to do like a floor plan for this. (laughs) (laughs) Sketch it out for me. Yeah. Dad would often work late at night, so he was barely home. Do the maths on that one and work out why they later divorced. LOL. So. (laughs) (laughs) Love your sense of humor. I love it. I'm very here for all of this. (laughs) So mom was often left in the house at night with my brother and sister for company. 
Mom said the first thing she noticed after a month or two of living there was that our old dog, Mandy, would refuse to enter the house and spent all of, mm, there you go, like, trust the fucking dog. Mm -hmm. Trust the dog. Yeah, the dog knows what the fuck is up. And spent all of her time in the backyard in her kennel. Apparently, if mom was bringing in the washing, the dog would happily follow up until the back door. But as soon as she reached the back door, her tail would drop and she would start whimpering. (gasps) My God. No. Mom thought it was odd, but nothing more got said. She put it down to, quote, the dog being a dog, end quote. No, the dog knows. Yes. Thank you. And I'm not a dog person, but the dog knows. Yes. Then weirder things started happening. The laundry would flood for no reason, with adjacent rooms left completely dry. Mom and dad would walk down the back of the house to find light bulbs shattered from their sockets. Mom said she absolutely detested walking in the back of the house at night, as she said that as soon as she entered the stairway landing area, her hairs would stand up on end. She told me, quote, it felt like someone was watching me as I walked past or on the stairs, end quote. Can you imagine that in your own home, that you feel like someone's watching you? Absolutely the fuck not. As you can imagine, checking on my baby sister at night soon became an event to dread, when originally she would have been happy to do so. The weirdness continued. However, it started to ramp up over a few months when mom and dad said they used to hear shuffling feet coming from the rumpus room below when they would be lying in bed at night. Often mom said she would be knitting or watching TV at the front of the house by herself. Oh my God. Only to hear laughter coming from the back of the house. She'd get up to check, but of course, I would be asleep and nothing would be there. I, this is, mm-mm, mm-mm. All this is a shant from me. Chills. I'm just like closing my eyes and shaking my head. Like, and I can't, no. Yeah, no. I, creepy laughter. I don't want that. Mm-mm. No, no, absolutely not. One night, my aunt and my 18-month-old cousin came to stay while my dad and my uncle painted my grandmother's lounge room walls one night after work. My mom and aunt both chatted about their babies, me being a toddler and my sister a year younger. And my aunt mentioned that my cousin was currently going through teething and was spending some nights crying. This night in particular, my cousin was a little bit in pain, so my mother volunteered to drive down to the local pharmacy and pick up some Bongella teething gel to help them the pain as we had run out. My mother said to my aunt, look, Jenny, I think there's something wrong with this house, but Phil, my dad, doesn't believe me. So I'm just warning you, if you hear something, I want to let you know, end quote. My aunt, quote, what do you mean? Mom, quote, I've been hearing some weird things that I really can't explain. And frankly, I'm a little bit scared. Aunt, quote, Oh, rubbish. I'm a very spiritual person, and I have been in a friend's house that was apparently haunted, and I picked up on it, so I can tell you there's nothing wrong with this house. Mom, quote, oh, okay, well, just want to let you know. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be back in about 20, 30 minutes anyway. See you soon, end quote. Mom got back from the pharmacy to find my uncle's car in the front of our house. Sensing something wasn't right, mom walked in to find my sobbing aunt trying to be consoled by my uncle while my dad was poking fun at her. Dad, get spooked, did you, Jen? Guffaw. <laughs> Mom, quote, you heard something, didn't you, aunt? Quote, after you left, I could feel thumbs coming through the floorboards and something <gasps> called my name and laughed from the back of the house. This house is bullshit. Yes. Yes, Yes. it is. Petrified, my mom tried to find out what was causing this. 
She got chatting to a neighbor who said that, quote, the previous renter went a bit crazy and went downhill after a messy divorce. She got into some weird religion and often would have people come by the house every few weeks where they would hold seances in the house, end quote. Being a churchgoer at the stage, mom said she felt a shiver go up her spine as she started realizing what may have been the explanation for what was going on. Turns out the woman was a Satanist, which, okay. Yeah. Mom asked, quote, where did they used to hold these seances? Do you know? End quote. The neighbor replied, quote, oh, we used to see them put candles in the rumpus room windows. So they used to hold them in there. End quote. Needless to say, Mum was determined to move out from that point on. Dad, of course, really didn't believe her, so they were staying put. Needless to say, despite all our toys, trikes, being in the rumpus room, Mum said I would never play down there. She had just put it down to kids not wanting to leave their mother's feet at such a young age. My older cousin, who was a year older than me, flatly refused to go down to the rumpus room when she visited. She told my aunt and mum that, quote, things down there spooked her out, end quote. A few months went by and apparently I started complaining to my mom of a, quote, man who sat on top of my wardrobe looking at me, end quote, at night. No, no fucking thank you. Full body chills. No, 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 no. Mm -mm. She got rid of the wardrobe. I like that that's that's how we do this. That's the solution? Yeah, what? That's the solution is we're getting rid of the wardrobe. Great. Now he's just standing in the corner. Thanks, mom. Now I don't have a wardrobe. Priest party in this motherfucker. Yes. Yeah, you're like, now I don't have a place to put my shit. <sighs> okay. Parents. Parents are wild, man. <laughs> Just doing the best they can. I mean, I get it. I This would suck. Yeah. If like, because being a parent isn't hard enough, then there's like this shit happening. You're like, well, you don't have a wardrobe anymore. So he has nowhere to sit. Okay. That's how we're going to fix this. Yeah. Problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me if it comes back. We'll go from there. A few weeks later, she was getting changed in her room at the top of the house. I was down the front of the house watching Sesame Street, and when she went to get up out of her room, she found the door was locked. She started shaking the door, but it wouldn't open. She called out to me, but I wouldn't have heard her. Seven months pregnant with my baby brother, four years younger than me, at this stage, she was forced to shimmy down the drain pipe and onto the side entertainment area, a dignified pose for a pregnant woman. She came back up. This sucks. What? This is fucking wild. This is nuts. Like a similar thing happened when my mom was pregnant with me. She had uh, a lot of premature labor pains. And how my parents' house is set up is there's the house and then there's an indoor garden and then there's a gate to like leave the property. And at the time, they're always doing construction of the fucking house. They're like, it's like the Winchester Mystery Mansion. Like they're always doing construction of the fucking house. My older brother was like, two at around two at this time. And he was like a pisser. He just would, he was always playing pranks and he thought it was hilarious. So my mom, and and at the time, the gate, you needed a key to get out of the gate to get off the property. Like it wouldn't just open from the inside. So the, she lets the construction people out, gate closes. She goes to go to the door to get into the house and my brother locks the door. <gasps> and... <laughs> And there's like a big like picture window right next to the door. And my brother literally was just like looking at her laughing. And she's like, Bobby, open the door. And be like, hee. And she like goes to the, and she's like trapped in here because she can't get in the house. She can't leave. So she's literally like seven months pregnant with premature labor pains, screaming help out the gate. No one is around. And she basically had to van dam the door down to get into the house. 
<laughs> oh my god. Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do, man. Uh, yeah. My brother's a pisser. But back to the story. She came back up through the side door, up the stairs, to find her door wide open and unlocked. <gasps> no. She came and scolded me and said, quote, Mark, don't ever lock mommy in her room again, end quote. I apparently claimed black and blue that I hadn't stopped watching the TV. Mom believed me. About this time, she decided enough was enough. And so she approached their local pastor to ask, thank you. Yes, correct. Priest party. To ask what to do. He suggested two options. <laughs> One, this is, not, this is not the correct option. One, they ignore it and hope it goes away. Incorrect. That's, that's not helpful. No. Two, they play loud hymns and read Bible verses to try and anger whatever was there into leaving. Okay. Okay. He also said, though, that it could, yes, it could anger them and they might throw stuff around. Can you imagine that this is like, what's your pastor? This is their advice? I would maybe seek a second opinion. He doesn't really, is it his first day? He doesn't seem like he knows what the fuck is up. Yeah, I completely agree. You should do this. Uh, Might work. Might just make it worse. So good luck with that. Go with God. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah, what the fuck? Uh, this, this is not a great pastor. Just saying. The fact that one of these options isn't I come to the house and bless it and like yes. the holy water is very suspect in my opinion. Like why? I completely agree. Yeah. This guy's out to lunch. I'm not here for it. Yeah. He's like, I have a mixtape of hymns for you. I'm going to send you on your way. <laughs> oh my God. Um, my great grandmother, who was a very religious person, walked into the rumpus room one day and told my mother, quote, there are evil, evil faces looking at me and leering at me down there, end quote. Absolutely the fuck not. Get the fuck out of this house. Seriously. Mm -mm. What? what no. <sighs> After walking downstairs to get a toy for me, a pastor later confirmed that, quote, take it or leave it, and you might think I'm mad, but you have two to three demonic manifestations slash entities residing in the back of your house, end quote. That was the last straw. That was it? That was the last go, straw? Go, 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 go. Right? Girl, I mean, <sighs> denial's a hell of a drug. We say it every week. This is so crazy. Mom packed our stuff and started looking for another house. My dad and her were divorcing at the stage, so he was gone frequently. But this wouldn't be the evil's last parting shot. My mother, about a few days out from moving, went to check on my sister, who was now two, while she was asleep in the top story nursery, now her room. On checking her cot, she found it, to her terror, to be empty. <gasps> oh my God. The window above it, and it was one of those old design, heavy horizontal sliding windows with a vertical latch halfway up the side, was wide open. And the fly screen behind it had its rubber seal hanging in the breeze. What? With a flap of fly screen swinging in the breeze. Underneath her window was an annex over the back door, which now had a huge dent in the fiberglass of it. And its supports were broken. There was my sister crawling around the backyard with the dog playing beside her. Mom freaked out, rang the doctor ASAP, who came and checked her out. She was fine, but had a bit of a concussion. When mom, dad, he was home at the time, and the doctor asked what happened, she exclaimed, doggy, down, down, down. Evidently, she had fallen, although, quote unquote, falling out of the window that she couldn't climb out of, nor reach, nor open, seems a bit too convenient out the window and had seen the dog running around the backyard beneath her. Needless to say, we were gone that day. Holy fuck, yes. Every word of this is true. And frankly, to quote a good mate of mine, fucked out, <laughs> Mark. 
Mark, that was amazing. That was amazing. That was so insane. That was fucking nuts. You had to get out of that house much sooner. Yes. Yes. I'm glad you're okay. That was fucking, I, no, I couldn't imagine dealing with this as a child and like coming through the other side of this normal. Uh, I know. I would be so traumatized. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. The trauma is real. The trauma is real. Fuck. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, thank you so much. That story was fucking nuts. So many things. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced that I know someone who committed murder and got away with it. Holy fuck. Okay. Right out the gate. Right out the gate. So years ago, I had a friend who started dating this girl who was a little crazy, for lack of a better word. She was one of those fiery, passionate types You know, Mm. the kind of girl who will physically fight her boyfriend because she thinks he was looking at another woman or something. Ah, I totally know someone like this. Yep. I feel like we all do. I've definitely met this girl. I'm like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay. My friend, on the other hand, was the total opposite. Just a really sweet guy who never said anything bad about anyone and would go out of his way to help you just out of the kindness of his heart. Mm. One night, she stabbed him to death in their bed. (gasps) Oh my God. Girl, I... I was not ready for this. She claimed it was self-defense and that he had attacked her, but there didn't appear to be a struggle, and I honestly don't even think he was awake when she stabbed him. The police were brought in to investigate, but went with her version of events and agreed that it had been self-defense. Obviously, I have no physical evidence to prove that she intentionally killed him, unfortunately, but I knew both of them, and I know my friend well enough to know that he wasn't the type to physically hit a woman. He was one of the sweetest people I've ever met, and I'm convinced that not only did he not provoke this attack, I truly don't believe he was even awake when his girlfriend stabbed him to death in their bed. Holy fuck. Right? Jesus. I still miss him to this day and can't believe that the bitch who killed him walked free and is just out there living her life with absolutely no consequences for her actions. And that is from Anonymous. Holy damn. Fuck. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine that of just like, I absolutely know that person. Yeah. I absolutely like, like not like I, like I know someone like that. I mean, like I absolutely know someone like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Girl, it fucking happens, man. Like circumstantial evidence. Like they don't have enough evidence. People fucking walk the free all the fucking time for shit that they are. No, they did basically. And it's that thing. Like there's a situation very close to me where the woman physically assaults the guy of the people I know and he feels shame about it. He won't like report it. So, and then there's no paper trail and then something like this happens. And then it's like, because statistically like women end up being more the the victims of violent crime. And if you say he attacked me and I did this in self-defense, you know, (sighs) you see like an asshole if you're like, Did you do it in self-defense though? Yeah. And then there's that thing of like, believe women, which yes, absolutely. Except if the woman is a fucking abusive psycho. Yes. And a possible murderer. Like, seriously. Yeah. So fucked though. Holy fuck. That's so fucked up. Mm. Thank you, Anonymous, for that story. Thank you so much for that story. Holy shit. So this is my last story for the ep. And I think it's a goodie. I've shared this story before, and this still creeps me the hell out. Growing up, there was this girl who always freaked the fuck out of the other neighborhood kids. For example, she told all the girls that in the forest behind her house, one, there's a forest behind the house, automatic red flag, hate it. (laughs) Move to the city where it's safe. Just kidding, you guys. The way God intended, yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> you totally won't get stabbed on the subway. It's totally fine. Never happens. No, definitely not. Especially not, not these days. She told all the girls that in the forest behind her house, there were, quote, dead bloody people, end quote, in it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's not how you make friends, for the record. Nope. Nope. All the kids freaked out and told their parents, which resulted in all the dads doing a search in the forest only to find <laughs> only to find hot pocket wrappers and empty pure bottles. Those damn teenagers. Dude, you guys are hilarious. You're this, really nailing it, yeah. This episode. <laughs> you guys, tens across the board, guys. <laughs> After that, all the neighborhood kids refused to go near her, including me. Yeah, obviously. A few years later, my parents got a divorce. The day that the movers came to my dad's house to get my mom's stuff out, the girl comes out of nowhere. She says that, quote unquote, Matt didn't like that my parents were getting divorced. My dad ended up telling me that Matt was her imaginary friend that was often too physical. Okay. What? Even though I stopped being friends with her, her parents were still friends with my dad. Her parents told my dad that Matt could control the lights, even making the power go out one time. Matt also knocked on doors that night. This, uh, no, I don't. That's not an imaginary friend. No. I'm doing air quotes. I'm making it like, come on. Matt also knocked on doors that night, but if he was ignored, the banging on the doors would start. Your kid is haunted. That's what this is. This is not an imaginary friend situation. Yeah, that's, your kid's haunted. Sorry to break it to you. Again, denial. Your kid is hella haunted. Yeah. Your kid is hella haunted. Yeah. Sorry to break it to you. (laughs) Two years after my parents' divorce, my dad decided that he would invite the whole family over to catch up. I was begging my dad not to, but he said it would be nice. So when they came over, my dad said to show the girl my bedroom since I got a new TV. I show her to my room, and she's acting normal and complimenting my room. I was still creeped out because she just sat on the floor while I tried to put a movie into my DVD player— And I shit you not, but out of nowhere, mid-conversation, in the most deadpan voice, she said, quote, Matt's here, end quote. Oh my God, I just got chills. Chills. No, 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 no. Tell Matt to go away, please. Girl, wait. At that exact moment, the lights flickered and I fucking ran out of my room crying. Her parents ran into my room and dragged their daughter out and went home. I refused to sleep in my bedroom for weeks. I haven't heard much from that family ever since then. I heard that Matt still controlled the lights, but I don't know if he's still around. Even to this day, when the lights flicker or a bulb breaks, I still freak out. Anonymous. (gasps) Grawl. Anonymous. Can you imagine being this little girl's parents? This is my nightmare, Monique. Absolutely. (sighs) Oh my God. This is so distressing for everyone involved in the story. Literally. And then like, you know, no one wants to be friends with your kid. And everywhere she goes, like this crazy shit's happening. Yes. Plus then you have to deal with the crazy shit. The little girl has to deal with like seeing things nobody else is seeing and people thinking she's crazy when she's like, dude, he's right fucking there. And he keeps fucking with the lights. Like, what are you not getting about this? I'm not weird. You guys are fucking weird. No, and her parents are just like, dude, I just wanted to eat some ambrosia salad at the fucking barbecue. Like, what the fuck? (sighs) We can't do anything because of Matt. God damn it. I cannot for one moment about the story. No, no. Mm -mm. Holy fuck. Thank you, Anonymous. Thank you so much for that. Crazy shit. 
So now this is my last story. So it's the last story of our listener episode. Mm. So I went to college with this kid. We weren't super close, but since we went to a really small school and our friend groups overlapped, we would hang out pretty regularly. Recently, I was talking to a mutual friend of ours, though, who told me that this kid's dad was found guilty of murdering his wife, the kid's mom. Holy fuck. The dad was this very wealthy dentist who was super into big game hunting, which, ew. Yeah. And he would take his family on all these African safaris where they would pay to hunt lions and hippos and shit. Ew. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Just go go to safari and just admire their magnificence. Take pictures of them. Yeah. And go home. Yeah. Leave them the fuck alone. Yes. Thank you. So in October 2016, on one of these trips to Zambia, the kid's mom, quote unquote, accidentally shot herself in the chest with a shotgun. How do you do that? Exactly. The dad, who claimed he was in the bathroom at the time, said she was packing her bags in a hurry since she was eager to return home from the trip when the gun accidentally discharged. Local Zambian law enforcement, as well as the insurance investigators, ruled that the shooting was accidental. And as a result, he collected $4.8 million in the insurance payouts and started a new life with a woman who worked at his dental practice. Oh, my God. Could you be like, this is so basic. Like, this is like, could you be like kind of original? It's like. Yes, it's like murder 101, yeah. You're fucking the person who, like, literally, literally. It's the first, like, murder story you've ever heard is this fucking story. Yes. So collect the insurance and then start with the affair that you've been having with the person who works at your fucking office. Like, be a little original if you're gonna, like, commit a crime. Yeah. Just saying. Yes. So, woman who worked at his dental practice and was later revealed to be his mistress of 20 years. Shocker. Yeah, In case you were wondering, he was married to the wife for 34, but claimed they had an open relationship. Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Did she know that? Right? Or was it a tacit agreement? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. For six years, her death was still believed to be accidental until the guy was overheard at a restaurant shouting, quote, I killed my fucking wife for you, end quote, at his mistress turned wife. Oh, my God. Bro. Is it your fucking first day? Like, keep your fucking mouth shut. Don't say that. Don't say that, ever. Definitely not in public. No! Definitely not in between appetizers. Like, what? This is like between apps and desserts. This is fucking amateur hour, like, nonstop. Nonstop. Ridiculous. And apparently, that turned a few heads, and one of the staff members, who was quote-unquote obsessed with true crime tipped off the FBI. Yes, bitch. Yes. Yes. There are dozens of us. For the win. Thank you. One of us. One One of of us. us. Ah, (laughs) Good for them for looking the fuck out. Fuck yes. During the trial, the dad said he had no motive to kill his wife. He didn't need the money. He was apparently worth 15 million at the time of his wife's death. And even though he had a mistress... He claimed that he and his wife had agreed to have an open marriage, so there was no reason for him to kill her over another woman. But the prosecution argued that he killed her because she had asked for more decision-making power in their finances Mm. and had demanded that he fire the woman who was his mistress from his dental practice. Mm -hmm. According to them, he also made adjustments to their life insurance policy the year his wife died and made sure her body was cremated before they left Zambia, claiming it was inconvenient to move a body internationally 
But in the past, he had no issues arranging for several large animal carcasses he had hunted to be transported internationally. Fuck this guy. So I'll ship an animal body, but I'm not going to ship my wife's body because it's really inconvenient. That's awful. It's inconvenient for you and your vacay? Right? Ugh. I hate this person. Fuck this guy. Hate this person. When the FBI reconstructed the shooting, they concluded that his wife had to have been shot from at least six and a half to eight feet away and that she wasn't tall enough to have reached out and shot herself in the heart at close range. Mm -hmm. The final nail in the coffin was the testimony from the bartender who had served them the night the guy loudly admitted to killing his wife in the middle of a restaurant. (laughs) Fucking idiot. Right? As you can guess, the guy was found guilty of murdering his wife and is now facing life in prison. He was also convicted of mail fraud because of the $4.8 million in life insurance payments he cashed in. And the mistress-turned-wife was found guilty of being an accessory to murder, obstruction of justice, and two counts of perjury. Bye. Yeah. And you deserve it. Mm -hmm. I still can't get over that something this crazy happened to someone I know. I even met his parents briefly when they came for Parents Weekend one year, and I never would have guessed that I was shaking hands with a future murderer and his victim. I can't imagine how this kid feels knowing his dad murdered his mother and got away with it for six years. Apparently, there's a 48 Hours episode about it on Paramount Plus if you're interested in finding out more. Oh, shit. And that is from B. B? B. Holy fucking shit. Holy fuck. I don't even know where to begin with that. No, Jaws been on the floor the entire time. But dude, murder 101. It's so basic. Like literally, yeah, it yeah. kills me. And I talk, I say it all the time. It kills me how bad people are at this and that people still die. Like you're too fucking stupid. Like you're so stupid. I hate you. But somehow someone still ended up dead anyway. Yes. Even though you're a fucking moron. Yes. Ugh. Which whatever. Ultimately, at the end of the day, keeping bad at it so you can get caught. But preferable. Yes. Don't loudly confess to your wife's murder at a very public, crowded place. Uh, like, didn't know that needed to be stated. The hubris of that to be like, I've gotten away with it for six years. No one's going to catch me. Like, I can literally scream <laughs> my murder confession in the middle of a fucking Applebee's. Like, what? <laughs> they were probably somewhere. He's a rich dentist. They were probably somewhere way classier than an Applebee's. Let's be real. Yeah. No, but let's make it an Applebee's. I love it. Thank you. Yes. Although realistically at an Applebee's, I would imagine it was too loud. It would be like just so loud that no one would hear it. So it would have to be like a, like a fancy, like a Smith and Walensky. Yeah. Where you just hear the like clinking of like the China. Mm-hmm. So then when he's like, I murdered my wife here. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've all had that moment where you say something really inappropriate and the music just happens to die down right before it comes out of your mouth. And then everyone hears you and you're like, great. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that story was insane. Yes. So crazy. Good one to end it on. Thank you, B. Yes. Thank you, everybody, for everything. I don't know how you guys keep topping them. This is a great I know. True Listener's Tales episode. And it's a great one for October. Spooky season, bitches. <gasps> yes. People got the memo. They knew what the fuck was up. They understood the assignment. Yes. You guys understood the assignment. Thank you. Yes. A pluses around. Tens across the board. Yes. Thank you so much for the stories. Thank you so much for listening, guys. If you don't follow us on the gram, you should. We're at another fucking horror podcast. You can find me, Monique, at Pin Up Girl Mo. You can find me, Amy, at Lobotomy. And that's Lobot period Amy. Every sixth episode, which was this one, we do a True Listener Tales episode. So if you have your own crazy story or you just want to say hi, you can email us at another fucking horror podcast at gmail.com with a period instead of the you and fucking. 
As always, we're so fucking obsessed with you. Thanks for being rad as fuck. Keep it cute. Keep it creepy. Bye. Bye. 